episode and it's always nope. it's always like how do you start the show and you're like Blevins you idiot just press the stupid button <laughs> yeah I don't think we really need a set way to start the show it just happens it's true it's it just amazing. happens it, the only time that it would ever be awkward is that if it happened in the middle of Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Rune Terrible Radio. I am your host, Blevins, somehow figuring out a way to just the, the least <laughs> awkward way to start the episode <laughs> as possible. And, and by that, yep. I mean interrupting yep. myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Perfect. This is our first episode, if you couldn't tell. So. <laughs> yeah, if you couldn't tell, this is the very first episode that we've recorded and not like the 20-something. This is our first time ever recording. But... Mm-hmm. Joining me as always is Saucy Mailman. What's up, buddy? Hey, dude, how's it going? Oh, it's it's going well. We got a nice, nice big patch, and we've also—I was going to say a nice big guest, but that's not that's that's. <laughs> we've that's, got a big old guest we got a here, guys. Big old guest here. Big, I'm, I'm running thick, with it. Honking guest. A big, <laughs> thick honking I mean, I am, guest. I am a panda, so it would be yeah. true, right? True. The spirit animal inside me is yes. pretty big. Yeah. We have fits. the one and only impetuous panda. What's up, man? great to be here it's an honor you guys you know sent me an invite and yeah it'll be fun talking about the patch of course just came out so very fresh and uh a lot super of changes super fresh i don't know if it could yeah, be yeah this will be the, the first time yeah because normally they come out well but not normally but in the past they came out on tuesdays mm-hmm. so we'd have at least some time to play and we record on wednesdays so mm-hmm. we'd uh, we'd have some more idea but i don't think any of us have gotten to play a whole lot yeah saucy you and i basically just got out of work so <laughs> yeah I, I got out of work, and then I worked out, and then I instantly came on the show. So I'm a little tired, but it's okay. Well, I uh, worked out my mind doing mental gymnastics, trying to defend this patch on Twitter all day. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I just re- gave up. I, I've just realized no matter what, people are going to complain about literally everything, no matter what. True. And it's fine. Even if like someone's favorite deck got completely buffed and it's just strictly better and all their bad matchups got nerfed, they'd be like, they didn't get nerfed enough. Yeah, but <laughs> like, time. how come we don't have new hero? We don't have new champions. Why is Decimate not burst speed? <laughs> Wait a second. How come Decimate's not burst? Okay. Uh, we, won't get in, we won't get into that. I was, was going to say, Saucy, people will complain about everything, even if... Your favorite IP of all time gets a new game that you can play anywhere on your phone, mm-hmm. and it's and it's a game that's a, a, a genre that you've loved for the better part of a decade. People are still going to complain about it. Yep. No matter what. Pokemon MOBA. No matter what. Pokemon MOBA podcast coming in 2021. Uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> but before we get into this... I would say hotly contested patch. Let's talk a little bit about our guest, Impetuous Panda. Of course, many folks know you from Artifact or from Gwent. So, Panda, give us just a, a real brief history of where you where you're coming from, from gaming, from broadcasting, and and, and let the folks who aren't uh, aware of you know where you're from. Um, well, I've been gaming my whole life since I was little, since the the PS One and like Game Boy days. Uh, so, always been a gamer. I was mostly into, as a teen, Call of Duty, so more like action-based stuff, and got into YouTube mm-hmm. maybe like a decade ago when I was 15, 16, doing like the 
usual Call of Duty gameplays. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a fun three or four years. But then I started college and I kind of moved away from Call of Duty as a whole. So I didn't really do much content creation at the time. But I studied advertising and marketing and I knew I wanted to work in esports in one way or another because I knew it was a, a growing industry and I knew there was going to be, you know, a lot of things that I could that I could do, you know, studying advertising and marketing. You can move into different positions, either in event production and, or as a community manager or, you know, all kinds of different roles. Um, and it just so happened that I played The Witcher 3. One thing came out, I played mm-hmm. Gwent in The Witcher 3 as a mini game and i've never mm-hmm. been really a strategy guy i've been always more like action based really? and okay mm-hmm. yeah i've never played any strategy games before i played gwent in the witcher 3 it's like the mini game basically mm-hmm. yeah and then a standalone game came out i tried it as well i liked it i was pretty okay at it and got more and more involved as a you know competitive player and a writer and just writing deck guides and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff i've always liked writing as well and that kind of evolved into eventually going to tournaments, I like life coaches and Shin and, and mm-hmm. eventually getting a chance to cast as well. So it evolved into be, me becoming a caster basically. And that's kind of my my thing in esports now. And what I'm trying to pursue mm-hmm. is casting and specifically uh, with card games. So with Artifact as well. And I played a few of the, the auto battles as well. And mm-hmm. now in Terra. That is kind of crazy to me that you're like, I'm not even really a strategy game. I'm going to play this mini game in The Witcher 3. <laughs> Flash forward, I don't know what, five or six years, and now you're like one of the the biggest casters of Gwent. That is, that's kind of crazy to me. That's a that's a, I don't know. That's not a, really a Cinderella story, but it, it's a it's a crazy story nonetheless. So, uh, from there, what really brought you into Legends of Runeterra? Obviously, you're on an LOR podcast right now, uh, and you've been doing a lot of content for LOR. So, and, and you even have your own LOR podcast, uh, Progress Day. What 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 brought you into the into uh, this game? After playing Gwent and getting into the the card game kind of genre, um, I've played everything that's come out that has seemed relevant. Uh, not just from a, a fun perspective, but also from a you know perspective of does it have a, a large community? Mm-hmm. Is it worthwhile to invest time? Because it's not only a hobby for me; it's also right. you know there's the the career part of it as well. So you can't really invest time and effort and and all this into a game that's that you can tell is not going to succeed or is not going to have the proper backing to, to either grow an, an esports ecosystem or grow a big enough base of players that their like content's going to get viewed in the first place so mm-hmm. it makes it worthwhile to create um and runeterra with riot backing it is obviously very much you know kind of the the one game that comes out and you know it's going to have you know some mm-hmm. sort of big following eventually and so I tried it out, of course. I tried Artifact out as well when it came out, and it didn't go so well. But everything that's come out that has been relevant mm-hmm. in the card game and auto battler genres, I've, I've tried. I've done content. I, mm-hmm. I, I worked a few events in as well. And Runeterra is just like that very big fish that, that just came into the lake. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I had to get into it. and I've, I've loved it as well. It's been great as well. I think the game is fantastic. Um, and the team behind it as well, the dev team with mm-hmm. the, you know, very vocal, very, you know, communicative about the patches and, and kind of their idea with the game and just having the fact that, that Riot's going to be backing it as well is there's a big guarantee that, that there'll be, you know, a future for the game as well. Sure, sure. Yep. So from there, I think, you know, there, there's two things that come to my mind when I hear Impetuous Panda and LOR. The first is you really... 
I don't, I don't, not necessarily popularized, well, kind of popularized the deep strategy after uh, uh, Rising Tides came out, but really optimized the deep strategy because the first yeah. week we saw it come out, everyone was just like, okay, let me let me keyword search deep and toss. Add every card. Okay, there's three spots Everything. left. Uh, let me let me throw in three uh, three random cards. And it was like the decks mana the decks uh, average mana cost was like six point three, and yeah, <laughs> it, it, it couldn't win against anything. And you came and and really was like, okay, hold on, hold on a second. Remember these these cards? They're called removal spells. We need to play them. <laughs> and really took took that list. Yeah. And I mean, I I gotta say that your list or a variation of your list as a base. Pulled me out of plat and into diamond, and then from there to master later. The other thing, um, I'm like going off on like mini tangents with myself here. <laughs> the other thing that I wanted that I, I wanted to bring up is the pre-patch um, surveys that you're doing with the community and getting the percep- the community perception of um, the game bef- right before a patch, and then the analysis of that, and then talking into the patch. So, what sort of what was the, the what made you think about doing that and and what's been your experience running those surveys um i think initially my my initial idea i mean i've always liked stats and and mm-hmm. because i i like you know i like writing i like uh, writing about stuff that i'm passionate about and i'm when i'm passionate about a certain thing it consumes me entirely so if i'm passionate <laughs> about runeterra i'll i'll grind runeterra all day on ladder i'll talk about runeterra and i want to do everything runeterra basically um and i think it was close to like in the beta months even i was just wondering what opinion kind of the very closed pro community had about certain cars and and suggestion i wanted to do kind of a more internal kind of survey Mm -hmm. let's say but Mm -hmm. then that kind of expanded into you know why not not just make it like a a larger community-based survey um and the first one was well received so and i it was able to get a lot of very interesting data in terms of being able to quantify and have like actual numbers about what people yeah. think about certain things. And um, yeah, I think it's just very valuable data to have to be able to draw conclusions and actually have mm-hmm. something to base them on. Uh, and just the reception it got uh, made me want to, you know, do it every month. It's not a lot of work. Obviously you can just kind of adjust the initial Google forms and then um, it just takes like a few hours or maybe a bit more <laughs> on, on the day I posted to actually draw conclusions and mm-hmm. make the graphs and everything. But I think it's worthwhile. I think it's uh, yeah, just, I mean, I, I like, looking at ways to create content that's unique and that adds something of value. Um, because I think a lot, you know, if you make YouTube videos or stream, even obviously each person, each you know content creator has their own kind of personality and their mm-hmm. own way of doing things. But overall, a lot of the content isn't exactly unique. It's, it's kind of just a gameplay video or like this deck that's mm-hmm. been played 17,000 times already, but sure. you're playing it. So, and it's still valuable content, of course, because people like following, you know, certain they have their favorite mm-hmm. content creators, but I think things like surveys and, and stuff like that is a, a new way to approach content and that's still very interesting and valuable. Yeah, it's been really it's really interesting to see that angle because like you said, it's not something that it's not like it's a something that goes out every I mean it goes out every month now because of you. It wasn't it's not something that we're used to for yeah. every for every game. It's not like, oh well now it's time to take it's not like uh uh teacher reviews in college where it's like, oh now it's <laughs> yeah, time to right. review your teacher. But it's kind of it's kind of like what it is. It's like, oh these these cards, oh they've been screwing me over the whole batch. Now I get to really lay into them. Um and, and yeah, I mean I always make sure I fill out uh fill out a form and 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 
and get my opinion in there. And it's really fun seeing like, like looking back or like, you know, seeing, seeing the patch come out and then looking back, Oh, people really hated this card and seeing like what, like how like finger on the pulse of the community, the, the dev teams are, or how, you know, maybe off they are on some things, but it's really cool. And I, I really, uh, I, I really, really enjoy, um, those. So if that's any, indication for you there there's there's one one more thumbs up uh for the surveys for sure good to hear so yeah it's, it's just good i think like I, i'm the same way i like data so it's just mm-hmm. cool to see it's just it's just nice yeah it, it it really the the data it's something that especially it's just in gaming in general but even more so in card games there's so much like confirmation bias as well as like just like remembering only the good or only the bad things that happen and and just completely forgetting the the average of <laughs> of things and yeah exactly e- even something like tracking my my games when i'm playing ranked like in the spreadsheet in, in a spreadsheet has like really shaped my opinion and view on certain matchups and like just playing mm-hmm. in general cuz it's like well i actually do have like a 63% win rate or something and i got to masters in x number of games it's like mm-hmm. When you see all these posts, it's like, I had an 88% win rate today. It's like, well, what did you have the last three days? Because you're not master yet. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. or you're like, you're like rank 4,000 master. It's like, wow. Yeah, I don't know if it's the rank system that's messed up or if it's you're just misreporting your win rates. Yeah. It's also a nice, actually, uh, thinking about what you were saying before. Um, it's a nice way of kind of, how do I say this? Uh you know, you can look back at the actual surveys, you know, mm-hmm. a year from now yeah. and look up, you know, survey results 1.4 or patch 1.2. Mm-hmm. And it's a very clear picture of what the meta was like, what yeah. the, the, you know, so it's even as a historical kind of uh, archive, you can kind of look mm-hmm. back at it a year from now or I don't know, maybe five years from now, yeah. Frontier is still around and I'm still, you know, hanging on doing <laughs> the monthly surveys. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be cool as well. And obviously comparing from month to month, mm-hmm. um, now that I'll be doing the month, I can kind of do that every time now, and it'll be cool seeing also how perception changes, not just with nerfs and buffs, but even cards that don't get nerfed or buffed, just indirectly uh, because the meta changes, they'll also get, uh, you know, their perception will be changed as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's pretty interesting from that uh, angle as well. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wondering, and this is a little off the beat, beaten path, but I'm, I'm wondering how much, because uh, like if we see if we see Ezreal, for example, Ezreal hasn't gotten touched in a very, very long time. I think the mm-hmm. only change he's got was the original, like they nerfed his level yep. two to make it so his his Mystic Shot actually cost mana. I don't think he's been touched at all since then. But it's a card that comes up constantly, and people are always like, how come Ezreal didn't get nerfed? How come Ezreal didn't get nerfed? And it's like, there's a, there's a balance for the, from the dev team of like how much do we weigh into how much do we lean into community perception versus how much do we use stats and like how much are we prescriptive right because like mm-hmm. people think that they want what they want but at the end of the day like you don't know what you want like a really good game dev or designer is like giving you something that you didn't know that you want but now you can't live without right yeah. and if you take that part of it out a game or just anything sort of gets dull so. It's really interesting. It'll be really interesting to see, like, hey, everyone every month hates Ezreal or like wants Ezreal to change or like is a five for it's overpowered every in, in your surveys, but mm-hmm. they don't change it. Maybe it's uh, I'm I'm interested to see how Riot and the Dev team hold their ground or not. So, mm-hmm. okay, a big yeah, part of that 
is also uh, the fact that it just, I think, from a game dev perspective, when it comes to balance and patches, I think they're they're really just, you can't change that much. Because if they look at data, they can probably say, okay, all these champions have a bit over this win rate, mm -hmm. a bit over this play rate, and all these champions don't. So let's buff these, you know, and they can just do number buffs, you know, little stat buffs. Buff all of these and buff, you know, and nerf all of these. Mm -hmm. And you look at the patch notes and it's seven pages long and that right. just loses the casual player because there's too many changes. Right. So it's a it, the main goal of balance are to balance the game, sure, mm -hmm. but I think there's also like a lot you have to take into account how many changes you can put into one patch to not make it too mm -hmm. different. Which yeah. a lot of other card games I've played have suffered from just in crazy balance patches, and then it just mm -hmm. the game loses identity in a way because it mm -hmm. changes so much. And uh, I think that's like yeah, that's a key point with things like Ezreal and Heimer not being nerfed. It's always because there's something. A bigger mm -hmm. fish at the moment so that sure. gets nerfed and they kind of dodge and at some point they'll be the big fish and they might you know <laughs> get a nerf as well yeah well that's is you said it you said it because there's something i wanted to touch on when he's get into it but like every single card can't get nerfed and buffed in one patch right like if you have <laughs> 70 card changes in one patch one it's overwhelming people aren't going to remember people are going to get confused um and and two like it, it's going to shift the game completely way too much and, and like the balance changes will kind of nullify other balance changes if mm -hmm. you do too many in one patch. So yeah, it, it can't do everything that's quote unquote problematic can't be, um, you know, touched in one patch. Right. And mm -hmm. also I think one thing I'll say just like blanket about how Riot's been doing balance changes. I do like how they're doing a lot more um, small changes to cards, even, mm -hmm. even erring on the side of it still being too strong um, instead of just plowing it into the ground and making it unplayable, which some people, I mean, there's cards that people are like, yeah, I want Pilford Goods to be 45 mana, slow speed, and uninstall your game when you play it. Like, I, yeah. you know, but, you know, there's just there's just some things. It's, it's still early on in the game. Yeah. We're in the first set of the game. Uh, we can give it some time. We'll see. Yeah, it's, um, at, at some point when you're making changes and you want to actually gain uh, meaningful data from the results of those changes, you need to have some controls, right? Like you can't mm -hmm. just, uh, that's, uh, you know, um, surveying and uh, testing 101. But uh, I forget that not every, you know, there are people who are, who haven't studied that. So I, I understand the sentiment for sure. Okay. We have a lot to talk about in regards to the patch. So let's just jump right effing into it. Um, so first big thing, and we don't have a ton of details on it, but we were getting the new mode gauntlet, mm -hmm. which is going to be, there's going to be specific deck building rules. Um, the first one is just going to be regular deck building. Uh, then we're going to be getting singleton. Um, so only being able to use one ofs. And you're going to be getting XP based on the number of wins, and you get a a special uh, Gauntlet Conqueror icon at seven wins. Mm -hmm. um, Panda, we'll start with you. What, what are your just initial thoughts on on the Gauntlet and a new mode being added to the game? I think it'll be interesting. It, uh, it'll have to see you know what modes they add exactly and and how they can keep it fresh because mm -hmm. I think a lot of these alternative game modes and card games fail because they're just not 
enough incentive for players to play when they already yeah, have to. Yeah. I mean, card games are games that you have to put a lot of time into in rank ladder, etc. Mm-hmm. There isn't like all this like free time to just play gauntlet mode today. Right. Um, for the casual player, at least, you know, for people like us, there, there probably is a lot of free time <laughs> to play gauntlet mode. Um, so yeah, I think it's the balance between making it fun and making it fresh and also having incentives to play. So the cosmetic based rewards is, I think, a good idea. Um, but yeah, I think it could be fun. I mean, we'll have to see what, the, what rules they have, but if I think they'll do a proper, I mean, they've been doing a really good job of adding features and making them interesting. So mm-hmm. I think they'll do a good job for sure. What do you think, Saucy? Yeah, I like the idea of it. Um, I really do like that it is limited. They only run from Friday to Monday. Uh, I think if it was an always thing, uh, it, they'd see a lot less play than if mm-hmm. it's just a limited time. Uh, I know as like a streamer and content creator, I like having something to shake things up because you know playing the same ladder five days a week yep. can can become a grind. Uh, but yeah, it's fun. You get to take a weekend break and play some dumb shit. But there's there's one thing about the gauntlet mode that. I care about more than the rest of the thing. I don't I don't even care about the mode. I care about this last sentence in the patch notes for Gauntlet that says, in the future, we plan to add more exclusive rewards and improvements to the Gauntlet mode overall. But here's the important thing. Using the technology to build our way to full-scale in-game tournaments. Yes. That's all I care about. Literally all I care about. Yep. So if Gauntlet's helping them build their tournament mode, mm-hmm. hell yeah. Gauntlet is great. Yeah, that that is definitely the biggest shining star for me as well. Um, I, I do think it's nice to have the extra modes. Like I, I agree with everything that you two said. I feel my initial thought is, well, once I get the icon, I'm probably not going to play that much of this anymore. Um, I think that's, but but I also think that that's kind of what the point of this is, especially when it's standard. When it's just the regular deck building, why am I gonna yeah. like? Why would I be mm-hmm. playing? Why am I playing through it again? I guess to get XP, but you know, when you have everything already, like, well, what do you give the account that has everything? New cosmetics mm-hmm. is the answer to that. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, the I think using this as a small little like you know testing ground for features or modes or like if they're using this to test out like, hey. What if we try three deck, like you know, three region decks or something like that? Um, that could be an interesting way to be like, oh, maybe this is something we can experiment with, or like it's a format, you know. One, you look at Magic the Gathering and like Magic the Gathering feels less like a game, like the base game feels less like a game and more like you have this engine and you have a ton of different objects in the engine and you can pretty much do whatever you want with the cards you know edh draft constructed like all sorts of like dozens and dozens of modes that you can play uh so uh i really like the gauntlet as a as a new um as a new feature even if it's just to test to test other things um Let's see. Ranked rewards and season. Don't really need to get into that other than the fact that they really need to make it so that you get the icon that you earn, the highest icon you earned and also can change it to whatever color below that as well. Because the master's icon looks like trash. Everyone knows the gold one looks best. And I can't even de-rank 
to go down to gold to get the icon at the end. I'm stuck with my stupid, like, like raspberry grape flavored icon that I don't want. The diamond one looks better than Masters. The diamond one looks like great it. too. Yeah. That one's a little bit weird, but it looks cooler than the Masters one. Why is the Masters one randomly awful? I also really like the bronze one. <laughs> Even the iron one looks like it's an actual like coin that's been worn down. Yeah. Like it looks cool. The, the I feel they are like different every every season. They're different the icons, though, right? Or is that the, yeah. the same? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah this uh, one's the the season of plunder, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. What, so we got the whatever. we get the yeah the season of whatever is exactly right. This one the the masters one looks like if. Is it Care Bears that have like the gem on? It looks like you ripped off the gem off of like a weird like rainbow creature and are now wearing it. It's like I, don't, I did not want this. I killed I killed this uh, rainbow unicorn and stole its inner gem. Um, enough enough. Uh, I guess <laughs> violence against mythical creatures. Um, okay, another another interesting update here is the Masters LP update and. Um, I mean, everything was anything was an improvement from what it was before because it just literally wasn't working. I would like win and lose LP, lose and then win and gain LP. It was like it was wacky world. Um, but now we're no longer seeing um, we're no longer seeing like you know your rank one masters. You're going to be you know 158 LP master or whatever it is. Um, Obviously, this is only going to impact, uh, you know, whatever 0.1% or, you know, 0.1% of players. But overall, you know, what, what are you thinking about this one, Panda? Does this matter at all? Um, this is probably the most important thing of the update for me because I'm a person that that's very competitive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's people that play games for fun. Um, but mm-hmm. for me, it's, I mean, I enjoy playing the game. It is mm-hmm. fun to play the game. But a lot of my reason to and my incentive to play card games is the competition aspect mm-hmm. the you know progress on ladder the and when that's gone then all of a sudden my you know i'm not like mogwai for example is the, the total opposite of what i am in card games he he can play any deck and have fun with everything i will you know master one deck and play only decks that have really good win rates and mm-hmm. i like winning so when i i found out you can't you literally can't get rank one or can't climb past a certain amount it's just I lost a lot of the, the motivation to play, yeah. but now hopefully with this, if it is actual like an actual fix to the system and not just a visual fix, because they it mentions they're adding like LP and you can kind of like TFT, you can see mm-hmm. where you are on the ladder and what kind of LP you're losing and, and gaining. But I'm not sure if they changed the actual system itself, if it's just something visual or if they actually changed how it works. Because if not, you can see your LP, but you still can't get rank one. So right. hopefully they, they did fix it and, and I'll definitely be grinding ladder a lot this season mm-hmm. uh, in, in that case. Yeah, I think it was. A, I think it was a good change. Totally agree. Yeah, it, it it's weird because a lo- I heard a lot of people who hit masters and then just didn't care about playing anymore because you know you can't you can't hit rank one or you can't really like meaningfully go up and like it doesn't take much of a carrot at the end of the stick for to get people to keep playing. Even if it's just like an arbitrary, like you can get 25 LP per win and you lose, like even if it's a hard grind and you're gaining nothing but like incremental points of LP, people will play for that. You don't need much yeah. of a carrot, but there does need to be some carrot there. And it can't be like, 
you know, the cake can't be that much of a lie. It needs to there does mm-hmm. there does need to be a piece of cake there at some point. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think Mago at the at the very beginning of the season when Masters like open, you could you could get into it in, in the Europe server. Mm-hmm. He ranked up to Masters, one of the first few players. He was ranked two. He stopped playing that account and he finished ranked two. Wow. He yeah. literally did not play a single other game on the account and he mm-hmm. finished ranked two because he just camped the spot and that's just mm-hmm. I mean that's wild to me. Like two months later, yeah. Yeah. this guy still finished. There's uh, a couple a of people I saw that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a very good player, but he was like mm-hmm. playing on the on his Asia account or his mm-hmm. NA account instead, and just left that account there, and finished rank two. So that's just crazy to me. Yeah, we talked about this extensively last episode when we had uh, Casanova on, and it's like, as much as I, as a you know person who doesn't uh, who who you know doesn't play casually, but like I'm not streaming eight hours a day playing. I want to be rank one on ladder. It's just not going to, I'm not going to get there. And also not only that, I don't deserve to be rank one on the ladder. Even if I was the first person to hit it, if I was in that situation, it would be a gross misrepresentation of who is actually like on the spots and ladder. If I'm in the top 100, right? Like that's, that's, yeah, that everyone would, I think there. everyone would un- uninstall the game. If probably were. it would probably, yeah. you know, get, Riot would probably get a federal investigation if that happened. Because yeah, they just... would. I mean, everyone would have to start looking into your game, and I mean, you would definitely get banned. Oh, I would definitely get banned and probably arrested. Honestly, yeah, um, at the same time. So, Riot, please, I'm, 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 or not please, Riot. Thank you for fixing uh, the rank ladder so that I don't get us all in legal trouble. I don't yep. know where I don't know where we're going with this, but let's. Move yeah, on. I loved it. I, I also loved it. Let's move on to card updates here. We'll start with my boy, Big D. Darius at level two is going from five to six health. Saucy, I know you hate you hate Darius. Or you, I don't. You I don't, don't hate Darius. Darius. I thought you hated no. Darius. I, I like okay. Darius. Okay. I just think he's boring, but I think he's very effective. <gasps> uh, Winning's not. I think. Boring. <laughs> That, like the champion, like if we're talking champions, like dude that do something, yeah. I just think he's not an exciting champion to me. Yeah. But it's also I don't I don't really play super aggressive decks, but mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun playing the Thresh Darius mid range deck. Um, and I I think this change needed to happen. We weren't mm-hmm. seeing a lot of Darius, and like he's real easy to kill at five yeah. health. Like every time someone had a Darius, I just ignore it because I'm like, yeah, I could get excited, Mystic shot this guy. Mm-hmm. Who, who cares, you know? Um, I think six health makes a lot more sense for level two. Um, so I like it. I think I'm down for seeing more Darius. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, when we were there's something wrong when one of the most aggressive like he's supposed to be quote unquote like this aggressive powerhouse finisher when he's not even seeing any play because everyone's just playing. Callista and Elise instead. So I think it's mm. sweet. Um, and it keeps people playing Noxus, uh, which I'm all about. Even, you know, I just, just because I don't play aggro doesn't mean I hate <laughs> aggro. It's just, it's different. I think aggro is great. Yeah. What do you think about the, the Darius change, Panda? Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think there should be more champions that kind of get those extra stats when they level up. And mm-hmm. Darius is one of them that just, it just makes sense. He's getting bigger. He's, you know, his health should go up by a little bit as well. Um, and yeah, I think the giving more reasons to play a archetype that's not played at all, like the overwhelm big guy archetype in Noxus isn't played at all. Like deep kind of became that yeah. big Timmy, like big boy decks, mm-hmm. like kind of mono green in, in magic, for example. Yeah. Um, and Noxus is kind of supposed to be that, but they see no play with all the overwhelm units mm-hmm. and uh, the seven, four challenger guy, the reckless, yep. is it reckless? It's I reckless name, something. But... Yeah, I, I <laughs> they're all reckless. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But 
as if they give more reasons to play this archer, that would be great because I'm a big, big boy player. I think mm -hmm. with with I play, so um, I, I think it's still not quite there yet. You know, you know, as like a very competitive archetype yet, but mm -hmm. it's a step in the right direction. I like Dar so the the Darius. I think serves a really good role in Legends of Runeterra that I think Brom kind of or they were trying to like fit Brom into this spot. He's like a very good starting champion for players who have yeah. never played a card game before. It's like, it's very clear what he does. He's a, an aggressive guy. He has more attack than health. Um, he showcases a keyword overwhelm and he's very straightforward with what he does. When he levels up, he gets bigger and does more damage. Right. Um, yeah. The problem with that strategy is that though, while it is basic, it's not, bad right doing more damage is not a bad thing so you can't really Definitely not. if you keep him on this sort of linear track you can't really buff him up too much or else he like it, it hits a tipping point and he's just way too good right like he's just a oh yeah bigger lava hack. so i i really love darius um he, he's been one of my favorite champions for a while because he just he's just a strong guy. I think I, I really, I really like this change. I don't think we're going to see much Darius play, but I do like his spot there. The, 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 the problem I see with Darius is that he, he's artificially better than he, he performs artificially better than he actually is because I'll, I'll say even in master people still misplay around Darius because they don't factor in the fact that he's going to level up during combat and they just block. Yeah. Incorrectly. It happens all the time. I would say like so often. I mean, this is a stat I haven't actually tracked, so this is going to be a bias just from my memory. But like, it's like it's like fifty percent of the time they just put themselves dead on board when they didn't have to because of Darius leveling up uh, mm -hmm. afterwards. So it, it's a good change, but I don't think it's going to really do too much uh, in terms of competitive. Uh, next up, we have one that hits close mm. to Saucy's heart. Anivia mm, yeah. going from seven costs down to six. Saucy, you've been I grinding keg Nivia. <laughs> yeah, I, I think for the past couple weeks, I've only been playing Anivia decks. Uh, I've been playing deep Anivia and keg Anivia like pretty much constantly. Um, so Anivia was my favorite champion in both closed betas. Uh, I loved her, but then that was also when she was effing broken but yeah. uh she used to be insane but i love anivia um i'm a huge fan of uh effects like withering whale uh like semi board clears mm -hmm. and i play her in decks that have kegs that make them full board clears um i i'm on the opinion that she's better than people give credit i think mm -hmm. people think she sucks because no one plays her anymore and for good reason like she's she's like she's a very very slow champion right mm -hmm. and she doesn't have the same effect as like karma when you play or you win the game um but she is good and like when the when the meta is super super aggressive i just go to some slow anivia control deck and mm -hmm. just have no problem winning um so i think this is a it's actually a really big change because like you do a lot of times in a lot of games that you're playing against with Anivia, you do lose around turn six, seven. And if you can clear the board on turn six instead of turn seven, that's mm -hmm. the turning point. 
Um, so I think this is actually a really big buff for Anivia, even though it's just a, a one mana cost. Like turn six, clear the board with her ability is so big. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all the time. Like I, I think all the games I lost when we were playing this Kegnivia deck the other night were like, man, if I could have played Anivia one turn earlier, <laughs> I would have been fine. So I think it's big, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm also just a huge, I, I simp for Anivia, so... <laughs> You're a tier three Anivia sub. Panda, what do you, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> um, I agree that, especially that she's not as bad as people, as she, people thought she was worse than she actually was. Mm-hmm. I think like, like Saucy's saying, um, but because she just wasn't playing, there wasn't a reason to play. I think, especially nowadays with card games, like they're digital. There's a lot of influence from like content creators and yes. deck builders and the best players and all this, especially if you're playing at a kind of a micro system that is like masters and mm-hmm. diamond. Um, everyone in Diamond knows what you know net decks are. No one's playing like mm-hmm. completely blind, just mm-hmm. in their yeah. PC in their own little world. So when no one's playing Anivia and no one has a reason to play it, and no one, there's literally just no one, no content creators playing it, no mm-hmm. one's trying to experiment with it or fine tune a deck. Um, it just falls out of play, and it seems a lot worse than it actually is. I thought yeah. she was maybe not fine, maybe not like super balanced, but definitely not like terrible. There's been what much worse champions in the mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Um, and with this buff, I think, yeah, it's going to not only make it stronger, of course, but also give people a reason to play. And that might lead to more experimentation, more fine tuning, and maybe a meta deck that, that could pop yeah. up. Maybe not tier one, but definitely playable. Well, I think there's a, a couple of things at play here for why Nivia um, didn't even see as much play as she pro- probably deserved, even at seven mana, is she got a nerf, or yeah, she got a nerf initially. And People will see that it's a nerf and think, oh, well, Riot doesn't want this to be played anymore, so I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna try. The mm-hmm. other thing is like the common Freljord cards, like the most common Freljord cards, Sejuani, Fury of the North, and uh, Omen Hawk. All three of those cards, like y- yes, you could play those in an in an Anivia deck, but like you don't necessarily want to. So I think people are like, oh, it's an Anivia, or it's it's a Freljord deck. It has to be Sejuani or Ash or Fury of the North and Omenhawk, and I don't want to play Anivia with any of those cards, so Anivia is unplayable. When, in, when mm-hmm. in actuality, it's like there's this whole other half of the region that's like very controlly, and remember Ramp, and when uh, She Who Wanders was the best card in the game, like uh, yeah. maybe people didn't play back then, but I, I think people just sort of shut their brain off to the other half of Freljord yeah. without even... I mean, that, that's why, like... I think people are like, oh, Freljord's the worst region. It's like, uh, uh, maybe you just aren't playing. <laughs> You're just not actually trying. Yeah. It's the whole like, you know, vicious cycle, uh, self-fulfilling prophecy type of thing. It's like, oh, well, yeah. Freljord's the worst region, so I'm not going to play it. And it, no one's playing it, so it must be the worst region. Mm-hmm. I think there's one other thing about Anivia that uh, people don't think about is her champion spell is ludicrously strong. Yes. It's game-winning strong. Harsh Winds mm-hmm. is a very, very powerful card, and it's one that literally not a single person ever plays around anymore because when do you see Harsh Winds? Like, True. very, very rarely. Yeah. Um, and there's so many games, especially in the They Who Endure meta, people are like, mm-hmm. what do I do to beat They Who Endure? I'm like, play Frostbite. Like, yep. they go to Atrocity, they're... They adore and they, they just lose. Like, mm-hmm. play Frostbite. People are like, I don't want to play Frostbite. What else is good? Freljord's like, the I'm worst region in the yeah. game, bro. So, <laughs> yeah, I've, I, I was telling people, I'm like, I have no problem beating the They Who Endure deck because I'm playing stupid Anivia decks. Like, <laughs> And I can just Frostbite in response. And it's burst yeah. speed. Yep. Can't do anything. So. Yeah. I think it, you, you hit the nail on the head, Panda. It's like... Uh, 
viewer see or streamer do, viewer see viewer do from I don't know I, I was trying to think of like a streamer see mon- monkey see monkey do but like monkey aka uh, Twitch chat sees what the streamer does and then they do the same thing um, so I think we get in the the echo chamber of what's good and what's not so mm-hmm. um, okay another big Freljord, uh I guess technically a burf because the cost is increasing, but I think it's overall pretty big buff. Uh, the <laughs> mustachioed man himself, Brom, is now a four-cost champion. He's getting a power on the front end, so now he is a 1-5 instead of a 1-4, and now his old level 2 text of the first time I survived damage, summon a mighty Poro, is now on his level 1. So it's kind of like Brom leveled up on the front end and you just get to play that. And oh, also, he has one attack as well. Um, yeah. Panda, what, I mean, we've seen people playing this for a handful of hours at the time of this recording. What are your initial thoughts on the Braum change? Um, I think it'll be very strong. It, it just has a lot of good synergies. Obviously, we have like mm-hmm. the, the Disciple and, and Demolitionist and kind of that mm-hmm. archetype not super fleshed out in terms of like the Scar clan mm-hmm. units. Um, yep. But... I think Braum's going to do a lot and, you know, it's going to find a home for sure. Um, Disciple's been super strong in the meta the past uh, mm-hmm. few um, months, really. And, yep. you know, a lot of cards like Noctis Fervor Rider, this is really good combat tricks and, and Freljord as well um, that can help with buffing and, and kind of, yeah, doing a lot of cool stuff. And I'm not sure if it'll be super competitive, but yeah, Braum's quite strong now with yeah. the keywords it has, with Challenger, with Generation, mm-hmm. with the one power, and with this ability. It's only one time. But it just a three three body in the mid game like turns three you know four five mm-hmm. and six it's huge in terms of surviving in terms yeah. of being able to trade and, and it's very sticky as well so uh, yeah I think it'll definitely be a big part of the meta this month yeah yeah and it's uh it's one of those things like when the game for like the very first launch of the game right when it came out the the counter to aggro was Brom mm-hmm. um, and uh, mo- he's he's best when he's got an omen hog played before you draw him though so now he just has that and now mm-hmm. he can you know challenge elusive units and like there's a payoff and it's really good uh one of the, i think one of the coolest things is i want to i want to just kind of uh call out impetuous pandas the uh your your graph your you know the the survey you did put uh people ranked anivia and brahm as the weakest two champions out of all champions and mm-hmm. here we see a buff with anivia and brahm so <laughs> just saying did, uh, did yeah, the dev team does a does a pretty good job of like it always aligns you know all the patches like the survey comes out and the patch comes out and a lot of things align so it's, mm-hmm. it's always really cool to see that the desert on top of things for sure mm-hmm. yeah it's it's been really crazy um just the changes in general it's been really awesome to see um okay one last uh champion related change uh super mega death rocket created by jinx of course is now going from a two cost down to a one I've got to personally say, as a huge fan of Jinx, it's just it's just a good quality of life. I think mm-hmm. a lot of time it's obviously it's a buff, right? But this isn't like pushing the power level of it. Like so, it's like oh my god, they reduced the cost in half. It's now a one cost. This is insane. It's like no, now you're just gonna not get screwed over when you had to discard your whole hand and like you still don't get to cast the rocket. It's like you can cast the rocket more um consistently now so mm-hmm. i really really like it any any additional thoughts on on this one guys 
I would say I think this is. Oh, I did. I did. I did the bad host thing and just threw the ball in the between both. <laughs> no, of it's you. perfect. <laughs> I, I wanted to do it at least once. We'll start with, Pan, with yeah. our guest. Um, I haven't played Jinx enough really to to comment too much more on it. I think mm-hmm. the, the whole discard archetype they're trying to push needs a little something else to make that yeah. way to play Jinx. Enter, uh, you know, an exciting idea. Um, but yeah, I think I agree. Uh, making it more consistent, just as a, as like a feels good moment. Yeah. Because when you are yeah. playing Jinx and you can't get that off, not just from a, a balance perspective, if it's strong or not strong, but it just feels bad. You know, like you're playing this yeah. deck, you're playing getting this payoff, and you can't even play the payoff, then kind of sucks. So I think it's a good mm-hmm. change. Yeah, I think it's a it's a very uh, clean buff to Jinx because it's not making anyone who doesn't want to play Jinx suddenly go and start playing Jinx. Right. But everyone who does enjoy playing Jinx decks, now suddenly they feel validated. Mm-hmm. Um, but also one of the biggest things, something we say here on the show all the time, is the the lower a card's mana cost to begin with, a change in mana cost is more dramatic. So going from two to one is huge. Yeah. Um, and that's just, that's just card games. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, this is a, a really big, I think it's a bigger change than people think. Like, a lot of people just discredit uh, mana changes. Um, and it, it's not as big of a difference from going from like nine to 10 from 10 or whatever, but two to one is huge. So I think this yeah. helps a lot. Yeah. I think, um, the jinx, I, I like jinx as a card, not necessarily for right this second in the, in the meta, but like it's got a strong enough effect where if there's enough build around to it and enough, enough supporting casting characters, it's a really good base for a strong four cost champion. Um, I just think that the support around it, the support around her now goes better in other shells. It's like better to min max it and like go like hyper aggressive, in which case she's kind of lackluster or like more control. And again, she's kind of she's more of a mid range card than like her personality leads you to believe because you think, oh, she's just super aggro. Let's just forget everything. It's like, uh, well, the cards don't really work for that. So, uh-huh. so I've seen less jinx over over time. Okay. Followers and spells. We start with Genevieve Elmhart, who is going uh, from a four-four up to a five-five. Genevieve holds a special place in my heart because I hit Masters this season with Scouts, including a copy of Genevieve. Screw you, Cythria. Don't need you. I've got Challenger and Scout. I don't need plus one plus one and fearsome, even though it was way better. Uh, Saucy, what what do you think? Are you are we gonna see some more? Uh, are we gonna see more Genevieve? I think it's possible. Uh, like Challenger on a Scout is very powerful. Yes. Um, being able to it's I mean essentially two removal spells and also mm-hmm. get your other Scouts in. Uh, five power from four is a really big tipping point. Um, mm-hmm. so I I think this is powerful. I mean I got I always forget this woman has Challenger. I always forget <laughs> and I screw myself because you know, we see it so little. I lost a couple games the other day just because they people play you know obviously they see the patch notes and like okay cool we'll start playing these cards and Genevieve was popping up and someone played it. I'm like cool you buffed your board. I don't care that they, they like pulled my giant dude. I'm like shit. <laughs> I suddenly lose. Uh, so I I think I mean I think she's better than people give her credit. And now there's more reason to think about playing her over Cethria. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Panda? Um, uh, I mean, I think she's a good card, and in other regions, like this power level would be, you know, you would see a lot of play. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Cythria is just so good that yeah. it's hard to to justify playing her over, like the fearsome mm-hmm. that Cythria mm-hmm. has in terms of go, putting through damage, which is something that Demacia has, has a hard time doing because they don't really have any kind of outside of combat way to deal damage. Mm-hmm. 
um, in most versions of like mid-range Demacia. Um, so the fearsome from C3 is a big deal in terms of trying to, you know, there just normally isn't enough blockers from your opponent's side to deal with everything that gets fearsome. So it's a good change, obviously, because it may, you know, get some people to play this card, but I think yeah. C3 is so good in the same exact bracket of cards that yep. it's just very hard to compete. Yeah, until the competition, like, really, until the decks you're playing against really, like, split you and need you to have the you know six mana beefy challenger the problem is is not even just Scythria it's also Swiftwing Lancer because you can get a five power challenger for mm-hmm. one less mana that also generates card advantage you can get a five five scout um that costs one less mana um in 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 the moose um so she's oh, kind of yeah, oh, yeah the, the moose is still loose um so there's still like she kind of does a lot of different things but she does them like at a slightly higher cost than a lot of other things and then mm-hmm. she does a worse thing than Cythria. so i think she's still i i do like i i, I i'm glad they didn't like push her up to a six six or like give your team plus one plus two because like you're going too far then right and it's like oh well now yeah and then it's like oh well it's just nothing but genevieve um over and over again yeah she'd be super scary if they dropped her mana or something like that yeah yeah but overall i mean i i do think at the end of the day if we're min maxing it's probably just one of those other cards i mentioned instead of her but like i i did she catches people off guard and that is something um that is you know, shouldn't be underestimated necessarily. All right. Big one of the one of the I, I would say the two biggest uh controversial controversial cards. changes. Well the change isn't controversial, but cards that have generated controversy. Unyielding spirit going from burst speed down to fast. Saucy, we have talked uh, at length on and off the podcast about Unyielding Spirit. Where do you fall on this uh, this speed change? Uh, I'm in favor of it, even though, I mean, Unyielding Spirit's one of my favorite cards, right? Yeah. Like, I'm playing all these dumb Unyielding, unyielding Monkeys decks. And, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, this 100% needed to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it alleviates a lot of the feels bad. It being burst is the most feels bad because mm-hmm. you can't interact with it. Um, it also forces you to be a better player with the card mm-hmm. because you have to think you have to you can't just run it out at any time. You have to make sure that they've used their removal or you use it when they don't have mana. Um, mm-hmm. You can't just attack with your dude and be like, I'll just put this on and yep. win the game. Um, I personally still don't think that Unyielding Spirit's a broken card or breaks the game. It does create a lot of the most feels bad moments, um, but it, it, it just still loses to Will of Ionia. So <laughs> I think it's it's one of those things, if this card is ever defining the meta, if the tier one deck is an Unyielding Spirit deck, there are plenty of ways to counter it. Mm-hmm. Um, every region doesn't have ways to counter it, which I think will happen more eventually. Um, but if this, if this is the deck that you're trying to beat, um, then you can play something that beats it pretty easily. But mm-hmm. I think this change needed to happen. I'm super glad that they didn't like make it slow speed or didn't like make it uh 10 mana and fast or just like really ruin the card Mm -hmm. i'd love to see how it performs now um give it some time and if it's still problematic they can relook at it yeah what do you think panda um i think it was a good change of course i mean i think the card itself was yeah 
not broken, but definitely problematic before and, mm -hmm. and frustrating to play against and create a lot of binary interaction and mm -hmm. or no interaction uh, in some cases. We didn't have the removal. Mm -hmm. But uh, it is a big nerf because it can be countered. And when you're playing such high mana for it to be mm -hmm. countered, it is a pretty big deal. So it is very tricky. And now this is the card that if someone's playing this card in Masters, they're inherently making a mistake. I mean, from a, from a purely statistical perspective, you're not going to get the, the worth of this card enough times um, to play in Masters. Yep. So, but someone eventually will, you know, you'll play against it and you won't have the answer and they'll beat you with it and you'll hate the guy because he's <laughs> making a mistake in his deck building, but yeah. you'll still lose. So it, it'll still happen. But because it's not as consistent, it should happen way less often than it was before, which is, I think is a good thing for you know, the, yep. the competitive side of things. Yep. I, I did, I, I re actually really like the change for the, the reason that you brought up Saucy, which is it now, it forces you to play with the card better and also forces mm -hmm. your opponents to play around it better. It, it, yep. it, it allows both uh, players on both ends to flex their skill more to either get more value out of the card or take away the value of the card. Um, I think probably because of that, we'll see the card played a lot less. But from a, if I'm looking at specifically tournament, not even ladder play, I like this as like an option because if you think, let's say like, um, you know, Karina, Karina and a, another deck, uh, Karina and um, Nox, uh, Karina and something else that can't interact with Unyielding Spirit are really good, but Unyielding Spirit isn't good in the meta. You can bring something like Unyielding Spirit as like a meta call and be like, well, this isn't actually good on the ladder because everyone's running Will of Ionia, but this tournament meta is not running that at all. And I can bring this as like a as a silver mm -hmm. bullet and actually do super well. I really liked the yeah. like unyielding Fiora as a strategy. The problem was is that A, it was uninteractable um, unless you like already had the answer to it in your deck. And there, there was just no like, well, I can just whole or or even just represent having an answer it's like if i'm playing against karina it's like i know there's literally zero answers in the deck for it i can't e i don't even have to think about it um yeah so i, I think it is a real it's certainly a huge power level nerf to the card but i actually like where the card is like significantly better um yeah so yeah, overall 100%. i think i think i think most people are a thumbs up on the unyielding spirit deck. If we ever see a, a sideboard mode, like a tournament mode with sideboard yes. similar magic, this is a badass sideboard yes. card. Really cool sideboard card. And also but you well, and then also like people can sideboard in against that. So it, it increases yep. its value. It feels this feels a lot more like a magic card uh, in terms yeah. of its design. Um, okay, next one. I think we'll probably have less to talk about. <laughs> Basilisk Rider. Uh, yes, that is a card. It is the Noxus Allegiance card. No, they didn't. Uh, they didn't forget to print one. It's been there all along. Basilisk Rider is now getting a one health buff from two up to three. I mean, thanks. Sure. <laughs> cool. I, I mean, is there any? Does this make any difference whatsoever? Anything at all? I, I, I'm not seeing it. Nope. I don't think so. I she, forgot this is yeah. a card. <laughs> the yeah. fact that it's it's four mana, like the health increase isn't as big of a deal, I think, already, because mm -hmm. you're going into the four, five, six mana rounds where there's yeah. a lot more options in terms of removal and just trading mm -hmm. with bigger units anyway. So 
and it's just still not i mean the, the archetype itself we talked about it before yeah. with darius is, is just not that good right now so mm-hmm. hopefully in the future there's more reasons to play this and there is reasons to flesh out like a overwhelm mm-hmm. deck with noxus but right now there just isn't yeah i think good quality of life maybe setting up for future cards but uh not, yeah not there yet one day one day when we have the eternal format in four years and we can get a sick mono noxus deck this will be dope gonna be sick um speaking of sick mononoxus deck although you don't have to play it in mononoxus captain farron getting a rework instead of now uh, when you play him transforming all of the cards in your hand into decimates he now just creates three additional decimates when or he just creates three decimates when you play him this Mm -hmm. is a big big change panda Panda, what are you thinking about it I like it a lot. I like the card a lot. Um, I would love to build decks with it, but with Yoink being a thing right now, it's just <laughs> the kind of card that if this gets stolen, it's an incredible play in any deck. There isn't really a synergy you need to have. It's just a huge body, especially when, yeah. they, when they steal it. Normally, you're playing a, a more control-heavy deck. So when a Yoink deck has a much lower curve and they steal a card like this, it kind of fixes their late game, and, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you're not the... the favored the deck in, in the yeah. late game for example mm-hmm. so i'd love to play it. i played today a bit but mm-hmm. i quickly noticed that going is a thing and maybe not the best <laughs> idea so uh it's called nab now um <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> sure we'll sure, be talking yeah. about that in a bit saucy I, I could see the the cogs spinning in your brain when yeah when i saw this captain farron change oh i loved it uh i mean I've played a handful of Captain Farron combo, Captain Farron combo decks. Uh, Karma Farron was a deck I was playing a lot, but mm. it was super awkward because you have to play Karma first, or else he, she turns into a decimate, and then you, like it just because the way it worked before it made mm-hmm. it really close. It was very unplayable. Mm-hmm. Uh, this helps that kind of deck a lot, and it's really really cool. Um, and I mean, he's an eight eight with overwhelm, and that now doesn't really have as many downsides of just yeah. destroying your own hand. So, mm-hmm. and he does—I mean, that's twelve damage of decimates. That's insane. That's a lot. It ends the game really quick. So, I'd love to yeah. see a, a Noxus slow control deck. Um, I feel like they're trying to make that a reality. I mean, mm-hmm. I, th- I feel like that's even why they made Swain the way they did. Like, it's trying to be a finisher for a, mm-hmm. some kind of Noxus control deck. So, I'd love to see something like that. It, it feels like the like the big red uh, red scred and yes. magic. Yes, yes. It's kind of what it feels like. So, yeah, yeah it, it's cool. It's just it's it's a, it's a great change to the card. Mm-hmm. Do we see it anymore? Probably not, because like Panda said, it just you can't run it in your deck because quote-unquote nab is now what it's called uh is uh it's a thing it's a thing yeah one one notable thing uh it is when i'm summoned so if there's yep. ever some sort of reanimator strategy or anything like that that cheats him into play Callista. you best believe you're getting those decimates uh you still need yeah to i've been theory crafting but... a Callista, a Callista farin deck Ooh. i've been theory crafting one the problem with with those things is like how how many times do you need to bring him back anyway? Like he's attacking for eight with overwhelm. Like yeah, <laughs> bring him back once. Well, I mean, sometimes it dies. It's fine. True. All you need, Blevins, you should know this. All you need is two good games with it for YouTube. That is true. That is true. <laughs> it just needs to perform two times. Um, yep. Okay, so um, we are running pretty close to time here. So. 
Why don't we each we're we're definitely going to talk about Nab in general, but why don't we each pick one more card that we're... Well, let's bundle the Poros change okay, together, yeah, the po- yeah. right? Cuz so they changed Poro Herder, yeah. they made him a two mana, they gave him uh less stats and he draws one more card and they yeah. changed Oberol Poros to six mana. Uh Poro Herder changed feels good. I mean, I think they really need a more early game. Uh Roro Pelialis, I mean, it's better. Is this enough to push Poros Panda? I don't think so. Personally, I don't <laughs> think so. Yeah. Um, still seems a bit, yeah, a bit meme I think. I think the the inherent problem with Poros is that you are spending slots in your deck for one ones for one with like mediocre abilities. That's the yeah. that's the problem. And then you're, I mean, you're playing buff spells, but again, then you're also spending slots in your deck on three mana. Give all of these mediocre cards stats to make them slightly better than mediocre so you're doing a lot of work to get to playable um mm-hmm. so until there's like the snapcaster mage of poros we're gonna be uh, yeah. <laughs> uh waiting for that um okay we'll, we'll 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 bundle to get through these she who wanders and they who endure i guess maybe probably shouldn't be bundled because they're on different levels no, she fine. who wanders is they're getting regeneration again yeah they're, they're giant ancients uh okay. they who endure going from six up to seven mana um, is this going to change anything at all? Like, are we, I feel like she who no. wanders is still just as bad or, or just as like splashy, but probably not competitively viable. No. And I mean, six mana up to seven, seven mana might be a, a breaking point in terms of like actually being able to put yourself ahead enough on tempo to not get blown out by they who endure atrocity. Does it matter? Hey, still lose to it. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I uh, think the other thing still I, I think she who wonders it has the same treatment as jinx that i think from this patch where the the regeneration is actually really big on this card because this was also this was my favorite non-champion card in the first two closed betas because mm-hmm. i was just playing war mother's call with this mm-hmm. uh right now you when you play it in war mother's call if it doesn't do enough when it hits the board because it's her thing is a play effect and without regeneration she's just garbage uh regeneration does help a lot so the people who like this card they're getting some fan service and it helps a lot it's not going to make people just start jamming this in their decks Mm -hmm. any other comments panda I agree with with everything Saucy said. I think yeah, and they who endure, I think, is still going to be played. I mean, it's still yep. a very strong card in, mm-hmm. in its archetype with a lot of great support. So it'll it's a little bit worse, sure, but it's still not that big of a change, and mm-hmm. it will definitely be played. Yep. Okay. Huge Ren Shadow Blade change going from eight down to four uh, mana. His power is going from six four down to three three. Throw his old ability away, which made your opponent's stuff when they played it ephemeral, and now when he strikes. Not not Nexus Strike, any strike. He creates a Shadow Fiend, which is the one three or the uh, one mana four three ephemeral in Ionia. And is there is there a chance that we're seeing a mid range ephemeral run Shadow Blade deck? <laughs> I think there's still just not enough consistency and, and mm-hmm. good support cards in ephemeral to make it a proper archetype. I think it's it has its you know certain things are going great for it, but. It's just missing, you know, those auto-include cards that, that you look at and like, mm-hmm. oh, this is great. This is ephemeral. I'm going to put this in my deck. Yep. And we're going to have like, a great base for the deck. And mm-hmm. right now, it just doesn't have that. This is like the kind of card that you add in as like a one-of or two-of and does a little bit, but it's mm-hmm. not what you base the deck on. Mm-hmm. And the Shadow Fiend in hand, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much that does for you. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it's still not going to be that playable. Better than before, sure, but yeah. still missing a few mm-hmm. key pieces. 
Yeah, I really wish it was like a 4-2. Uh, it has quick attack. It, and the, Blevins and I were talking about this earlier. Uh, I was like, man, this would be so cool if it was something you could reanimate with Callista, but you can't because it has three power. So you'll never, ever reanimate this, yep. ever. <laughs> yeah, it would have been, been sweet. I, I think this is another card that's like, we're gonna forget about this card for three sets, and then in the you know the third set from now, there's gonna be a ton of ephemeral. It'll be like coming out around Halloween. There'll be a bunch of ephemeral Shadow Isles and Ionia cards, and everyone's gonna be like, "Oh crap, the Ren Shadow Blade deck." This is the this yeah. is the type of like this is the like mythic in the in the middle set that is like. 50 cents and you forget about it and then it spikes to $60 because everyone yeah. just like threw them in the garbage like four years later like that type of thing um unfortunately I mean probably fortunately because we don't have to play the Terra stock market uh, that's not going to happen they're just going to be sitting in your collection until that yep. happens um other epics that have been sitting in your collection uh getting changed Jay Medarda Becoming, I always forget there's a D in his last name. I always call him Madara. I did a I did a uh, a, a video for um, Giant Slayer for for this patch, and it, I did the voiceover, and I mispronounced Madarda like 15 <laughs> times. Uh, <laughs> um, so now I now I know it. Um, going from an eight cost down to a six, and going from a six six down to a four four, and losing elusive so now he's just a like little bit little tinier he's a little j now um but he still has his main ability which is when you target him you draw a card i'm thinking the same thing i've thought about a lot of these cards is like it's not good now but it it, it has such a unique effect that it could be like a centerpiece or a, a supporting yeah. card later maybe yeah this is it's so funny i had so many people in my stream like bitching about this like they killed jay and all i can say is you can't kill what's already dead yeah <laughs> like, what like, is where dead do you see this played <laughs> like where do you see this ever when have you ever seen this card played except for in a friendly one battle <laughs> one time uh uh raptor made a noxus pnz like control deck super early on and it had like a one or two of jay medarda yeah. That's the only time I ever saw it played because he gets he has a cool synergy with um with Draven because you cast axes yeah. on him and you draw cards, which is cool, but not good enough. Yeah, I think he's I mean he's he's definitely like a perfect example of what an epic should be, I think. Mm -hmm. Maybe not the strongest, maybe won't be tier one, but it has a very cool effect. It has an effect you can build around mm -hmm. and people I don't know, going crazy about him losing the elusive tag. I mean, you never played him thinking, oh, he's elusive. Yeah, I'm going to get so much damage yeah. on Nexus. You played him because of his effect, the yeah. draw one effect. Yeah. So he wasn't an elusive finisher ever. Yeah. He was like, he's a combo piece that you can play with a deck that is 100% centered around him um, and being able to target him to draw cards mm -hmm. and do something crazy with that effect because it has a very, you know, limitless potential. Yep. So in that regard, I think they did a really good job of making it something that you can possibly build around and, and yeah. make a cool little deck with i wish he was a two mana one one but uh, a man can dream <laughs> uh then he would probably be broken or at least very strong um escaped abomination which is the card created from curse keeper got the chump wump treatment going from a four four down to a four three we've talked ad nauseum on the show about how that specific chump wump treatment is a huge breaking point um and i think makes curse keeper not I mean, obviously it's a nerf, but I think it's still similar power level. Going to see the similar amount of play. This isn't like yeah. killing the card at all. No, nope, still good. You can't kill it because it has last breath and it comes back. Uh, 
yeah, I think uh, pretty pretty straightforward there. Um, okay, harrowing going from ten down to nine cost. Is this is this a big uh, change, Saucy? I'm not sure. Uh, I haven't put any thought into this. Uh, all the decks that we saw that were playing Harrowing, I, I call it Harrowing and Harrowing, why the hell not? Uh, all the decks that were originally running this stopped running it when it didn't revive your enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, dead dudes. Yeah. Um, so I feel like there's, there's like we've started to see some spooky karma come back, mm-hmm. um, and the card's not bad. Uh, I think it is, well, let's see. I, you can play it with Deny now? So that's good. Yes, you can. Yeah. So I, I think it's it's an okay change. I think. I mean, it's, it's not going to be too. I mean, you mentioned you guys mentioned it before, like the change from one to two mana is huge, whereas from ten to nine, not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was seeing, I think, less play than maybe it should. Is like this big flashy finisher for mm-hmm. Shadow Isle, which mm-hmm. is a region that has been in the spotlight for pretty much every single meta, mm-hmm. um, and it only was really relevant um, that one meta right, right after the yep. Rasa change where. Mm-hmm. You kind of move into a different direction for the Hecarim decks. Um, but yeah, I like it. I like it with, with Captain Farron. I, I think it's really Ooh. nice because you summon the... <laughs> but then you play against Yoink and you lose. So don't, don't play this, guys. Don't take yeah. it. I, already, I, I got into the trap. I already took it. Don't take the bait. It's not worth it. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta try it again. You only need two good games for a YouTube video. Yeah, uh, exactly. Okay, um, and then we get three sort of completely different strategy, but three different um, bilge water card changes. Drag Dredger is going from a two one down to a one one. Mind Meld going from eight down to seven mana, and Petty Officer getting an extra point of health going from one up to two. Um, I mean, I think the Drag Dredger's change is pretty significant because now he double D is no longer trading up. He's just a a speed bump now for a lot of Yeah, I mean, he killed like everything turn one. He was just like the best turn one play for the decks that want to play him. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this is huge. Yeah, I'm very sad to see him uh, take the axe, obviously. Um, I think they could have, you know, used the toss as a way of balancing, especially cards that are that are so low on mana, which are harder to balance, because if you change the attack or health values, it changes the card a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and they could have changed a toss to toss two, or you know, mm-hmm. played around with that different you know value as well. Uh, they chose not to. They changed the power, and, and the power change is really massive in the early game in terms yeah. of like stabilizing and trading. So I'm not too excited to play deep uh, this patch, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that hurts the deep archetype actually quite a bit because mm-hmm. this is what helped you in the early game so much. Like, there's so many games on, like, turn three and four. I'm like, Sh- I need a Dread Dredgers. Like, I need one right now. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's tough. You definitely wanted it more than any, I think, any other card in your opener. Like, it was oh, yeah. so, yeah. so much. Like, cause, oh, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little sad because I just loved the, the deep strategy so much, but... It was, I mean, it was very strong. So I, I, I'm not, if I'm trying to remove my partiality from it, I'm, I'm maybe not super upset, but I'm I'm still sad. Uh, Mind Meld, a card that saw actual zero play, maybe now people will look into it. It's a cool effect. It, it definitely is. The a animation cool looks sick. Animation is absolutely insanely sick. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not buying Mind Meld yet. It's um, still slow. 
still slow, still needs a lot of build up and still costs a lot of mana and yeah. doesn't and, and doesn't help you if you're behind at all. Like all the decks that want to play this, it doesn't do anything in those decks. So Yeah, you need to both be playing a lot of spells and have a lot of stuff on board. And the effect yeah. goes away. Like um, you want to play this in like a fizz deck or something, but you don't want to play a seven mana slow speed in a fizz deck. So <laughs> Yep. Um, okay, and then Petty Officer, I think, Petty is actually Officer. a pretty big uh, buff because now he doesn't huge. die to Vile Feast, which is a big, 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 big breaking point. Panda, are we going to be... Is this the is this the patch of Petty Officer? For Bilgewater, I think it definitely is. I think it opens up the keg part of it a lot more as well because mm-hmm. of the versatility, and I think it just becomes a very much an auto-include card in a lot of Bilgewater decks because mm-hmm. it's just a great... Three drop with consistency with different, you know, you have two different routes, which I think is always great in card games, having mm-hmm. cards that give you two different, you know, outs and, and a lot of versatility, um, especially at its mana cost, which at three mana is, is a point in the game where you need to have different options for different yep. situations. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a great change. It'll see a lot of play. I already saw some play before. Yep. It was an, an okay card. Um, but this, yeah, it's a big change. One to two health is huge uh, yep. in Runeterra in general, that, that health point. Um, yeah, I think we'll see a lot of play in this patch for sure. Yeah, I, I just hated yeah. the fact that it it died to Vile Feast and also like the whole parlay. card got wiped. <laughs> yeah, parlay and the whole card got wiped out by um by Withering Whale. Whale. Yeah, because it's like man, when because I'm playing it because I want the keg a lot of the times, or like I just want two bodies, and it's like when you get the the when you're giving withering whale more value it's like i just don't want to you're already killing my keg that that should be enough um so yeah i think huge huge uh uh buff there for petty officer yeah okay and we'll end we'll end the show on this i'm sorry chat we 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 went a little long so we're not going to do too we're not going to do questions but the 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 elephant in the room we've already talked about it uh or alluded to it a bunch steal from deck cards now, um, a new keyword has been implemented. It's called NAB. It now draws a champion card from the bottom of the enemy deck. Non-champion. Yes, a non-champion card. Did I say champion card? Yeah. Oh, a non-champion. Sorry, I can't, uh, I can't read. Uh, card from the bottom of the enemy deck, and um, that is affecting all of the draw from um, deck cards. It's not the doesn't draw from the bottom of your opponent's hand with the, uh, what's that, <laughs> what's that card called? I don't even remember the three mana one, uh, but yeah, whatever this impacts black market merchant, um, who is also getting a health nerf from two down to one pilfered goods in Yordle grifter. I know there's a lot of opinions on this one. Panda, you've already mentioned it a couple of times. What are your thoughts on this change overall? And the, the, the changes in general, including black market merchant. I think it's definitely not enough. I think uh, they could have looked at, you know, making other changes, like not so much a power level change, although I do think just Pilfer Grizzlies as a card is very, very, very strong. I mean, look at Glimpse Beyond. was complained about like most of the patches leading to this one, into Rising Tides, where a lot of more, you know, card draw was added, so it's not as prevalent anymore. Um, but Pilfer Goods is literally the same with no downside. You don't have to kill any of your units. And Plunder is super easy to achieve with mm-hmm. Make It Rain, for example, and just attacking in some mm-hmm. cases. Um, I think it's just very strong. And Black, Black Market Merchant, um, I mean, Swim 
mentioned in the, in the progress day podcast as well i think a very easy solution of like a clear solution is to make him the card he steals get the reduction but no no other card gets reduction because it, when, yeah. when you start snowballing it into using like pilfered goods another pilfered goods another pilfered goods and yep. they're just reducing everything mm-hmm. or even with two black market marshals on the board it just gets insane yeah um so that would also be a very like more than this health nerf does nothing because at the end of the day you play him he gets the card, and then they always have this, the pilfer good in hand, the, the two pilfer goods even in hand already, yeah. um, to combo with it immediately. So by the time you try and kill it, it's too late. Yeah. Especially with pilfer yeah. goods being burst as well, so yeah. there's no way to react. Yeah, you don't even get you don't even get the like you have. Okay, this this opens up vile feast as an answer, right? It doesn't even matter the turn that they play it. It doesn't answer it. Play pilfer yeah. goods. Yeah. And you always, if you're a skillful player, get a pilfered goods from their deck from your pilfered goods. <laughs> right. So always. Yeah. I I mean, I've been an advocate for a while about the like the just the power level of the cards is the biggest thing for me. It's like drawing from your opponent's deck theoretically should be worse than drawing from your deck. But it doesn't matter which which it is. It's like in magic, so much value. drawing cards is always good. Everyone knows that. But also 40% of the cards that you draw are going to be lands, so it doesn't matter as much. When you're drawing cards in Runeterra, it's like, it's all action. Now, they're not all the best card in the deck, except if you're playing against me, in which case you're always going to draw my best card. Um, yeah. it, but it, 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 it it's going to be good no matter what. Whatever cards you draw are going to be good. Yeah. My biggest thing is, like, I, I think that the drawing from your opponent's deck theme is a cool theme in general. I don't think it's cool to be on these very cheap, efficient cards. I want to see it's like a Captain Farron type card that, or like mm-hmm. if Riptide Rex was completely reworked and was like plunder, draw three cards from your opponent's deck. That would feel like a cool, and it was on one card. That would feel cool. Um, and it would feel special yeah. when it's like, I'm just playing the most efficient thing and I get to draw from your opponent's deck, my opponent's deck. It's like, eh, just kind of, I don't know. It may a it makes it feel less yeah. special, and b it's just like it's just card advantage, and also you get the added like cherry on top of screwing over your opponents like massively sometimes. Yeah, like I I like the mechanic of taking from your opponent's deck. Um, I think it's fine, but like you said, the biggest problem is that these are so so efficient. Um, and I mean, we even did the test. I, I've we did one stream where I just put the whole plunder package, all the pilfer shit mm-hmm. in a deck, and made the worst decks possible, <laughs> and we just win with their cards. And like, it's a thing that you do all the time. Like, yeah. I, I was against a Poro deck. I took all his Poro snacks, and then I just played them. <laughs> like, it's just stuff He's... like that. Like, it, it's so stupid. Like, I think the mechanic is cool. I don't like it on a two mana burst. Uh, speed yeah. bell that draws two like two mana draw two at burst speed is way overstated compared to everything else in the game so like if you're looking at power levels like that's just absurd like the amount of value you get is dumb make make and they always cost one less because black market merchants right. there <laughs> make it like man i just i just don't I, I hate the power level of it that's that's my biggest yeah. thing like i, I want to see like thematically like have it be like progress day of like eight or eight or nine mana draw three from your or even just draw two. I mean, it's so strong. It just I don't know. I, I feel like it needs a, a massive change and like I mean maybe it's five mana draw two. It's still I don't know. I, I would rather see it on something. I mean Riptide Rex I don't think fits thematically, but like that type of effect, like big chunky epic 
where you do a really big thing one time mm-hmm. and you have to build around it. Not like, oh, well, I, I'm playing Bilgewater. I'm just playing all of these cards because they're super efficient. I don't actually care about drawing from your opponent, my opponent's deck. I just want card card advantage. Um, yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't considered like moving it to a, a higher mana bracket, but I think, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Especially maybe like a, like a mid-range... Um, like four or five mana kind of pirate card that has uh, a okay body, but like it's typical like a stat line that you can tell is not ideal for that mana cost, like maybe a three or something like that, but it has an effect that goes along with it. It's it's kind of strong still. Yeah, like um, Yordle Grifter like a draw one or a draw two yeah. or yeah. Yeah, I also got the uh, the visual saucy of you stealing all the Poro snacks and then just staring your opponent in the eye and just stuffing them in your face with no Poro yeah. in your deck. Just, yeah, just I just eating. ate all the cupcakes. <laughs> no por- I, I actually, I did have one Poro. I had a, a plunder Poro that had oh, no nice. abilities, and I just... <laughs> Made it. He was a four-four dude. <laughs> I'm just eating, and I'm just eating the cupcakes. Just stare <laughs> your opponent's dog in the face and just eat their, just eat their dog treats. Yeah. Like... Oh yeah, absolutely. It doesn't matter how bad they are. The dog is sad, <laughs> yeah. and so you want that. All round. you care about is just the sad boros yeah. on your opponent's deck. Okay. Well, we have actually gone a little bit over time, so uh, we uh, are going to have to put a put a pin in the patch. We got through all of the relevant card changes. Panda, thank you so much for coming on the show. Had a blast. Really appreciate it. Now is the time to sell out, shout out, plug whatever you want. Where can people find you? What are you doing in Runeterra? Um, I actually just built my new PC, and I moved this month, actually, so I have a stable internet connection and everything. So on Monday probably will be my first Runeterra stream, and I might start doing some YouTube content as well. Maybe not an everyday kind of thing, but... uh, you know, every so often, uh, my channel is just Impetuous Panda, and it's the same on YouTube as well, so pretty easy to find. And Twitter, same thing. Very consistent. Very good, very good. Saucy, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, uh, I uh, do things on the internet. You can find me saucymailman.com. Um, I stream on Twitch five, four or five days a week. Uh, I'm just Saucy Mailman everywhere, YouTube. You can even find me on Spotify if you like my music. I don't know. I'm just everywhere. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, you can find me on Twitter as well at the underscore Blevins. You can also find me on Fridays casting the Giant Slayer Fight Night Legends event, which is starting this Friday. So definitely check that out. And you can also find both myself and Saucy living on Discord, discord.me slash runeterribleradio. You can find all of the links to all of the stuff on the show, runeterrible.com or deckpicks.live. It exists. We want, we still want yep, to see your website. deck picks. Please keep sending us your deck picks, <laughs> please. Um, but uh, Discord is definitely the best place to, uh, to find us there. But that is going to be it for this episode. Thank you, everyone who tuned in live and is listening in podcast land in the future. But for our guest, Impetuous Panda, for Saucy Mailman, I am the Blevins, and we'll be back next week to talk about more Legends of Runeterra here on Runeterrible Radio. Terrible Radio.